Donnie St. Germain back with us. It's been a number of years since Donnie was last here. Donnie uh, and his wife Sharon and their two little girls live in Jeremy, a small, a small town on the western end of, the, of Haiti. Uh, he grew up in Haiti, uh, he, he and his brothers, and uh, God has called him back there as of several years ago where he was pastoring a church in Miami, but God has called him back there to, to be president of El Shaddai Ministries International, uh, ESMI, which we partner with, is built around four E's, uh, evangelism and empathy and economics and helping people become uh, jobs and job training and education. They started a university and a seminary, uh, and several of us were there in October to, to see this. Our church has partnered with them for several years, and, and Donnie is a, uh, it's just a privilege to have Donnie here. Donnie, welcome back to the pulpit. Now, people get confused. We've got until 12.15. You've got plenty of time. Don't look at that and think we have to end it now. We go, this one goes longer. Donnie, time conscious. And I want him to be. Okay. Thank you, Brother Chip. It is a pleasure for me to be here with you today and to share from the word of the Lord. And uh, thank you for your prayers and thank you for your partnership. And because of you, God is doing great things in Haiti and reaching many to himself. Uh, last year alone, we have seen over 3,148 Haitians come to know the Lord. We say, praise the Lord. Would you say that? Amen. I know if you keep saying praise the Lord, I'll get excited. <laughs> then we'll, it will be 2 o'clock, we'll still be here. <laughs> and the ministry has been thankful for the way God has used this church to help us partner and really making strong ways in the city of Jeremy and where we see that the ministry is transforming that city uh, for our king. And our goal and motto is to transform Haiti one city at a time as we preach the gospel and reach the lost for our king. And thank you for your partnership. And uh, so today I will be sharing from the word uh, from the book of Colossians in the fourth chapter we're going to read uh, verse 2 to verse 6. And in that, we're going to see some characteristic of a healthy church come out of this text. And first, let us read that text together. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God will open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chain, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we're going to share it together, may I use it to strengthen us, to equip us, to be the church you call us to be. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look at uh, internal evidence and external evidence, it is clear that uh, Colossians, Philemon's were written by the same author, and it was Paul who wrote this book. And the city of Colossae today, who is known as Turkey, and was part of the province in Asia. But it was not Paul who planted that church. As we look, we look in the book itself, Paul has never been able to see some of the members of the church in person. But when we look at the book of Acts, Paul mentioned about, uh, we see the mention about Epaphras, and Epaphras, who in chapter 4, verse 12, that Paul mentioned who was one among them, and also, if we look at in chapter 1, verse 7, we see that Epaphras was a minister that was faithfully serving Christ on behalf of his church uh, in the city of Colossians. And as we look at this book, we see that this church was really surrounded by false teaching. There were a lot of false teaching that were evolved because of the pagan culture in which that the Colossian church uh, was existed. Because they worshipped a lot of different idols, a lot of different many gods, include that they worshipped uh, uh, Artemis, and many different were among the women that they worshipped at that time. But many of the Colossians also have no doubt they were pulled away from the, the strong way of life. They were in the danger facing the church in relaxing into uh, paganism. And that's why we see Paul wrote in chapter 1, verse 23. He encouraging them not to look back. But he said, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, and which, Paul, I am a minister. So Paul encouraged them that they have received Christ, but they also have to walk in Christ and to walk the gospel in which that they have heard. And as we read in chapter 3, he mentioned to them, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the God, Set your minds on things above, not on the things of this earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we believe that in that church, there were many different heresies that were evolving. There was heresy that we believe that involved, that some were believed that it is Christ plus knowledge that could save. So therefore, it is not Christ alone. And that's why Paul encouraged them in many different ways. And if you look at in chapter 1, verse 22, we see also maybe within that church, there were some who did not believe in the humanity of Christ. And Paul wrote to them, and he said that the Colossian church, in the body of his flesh through, the, through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So we see that as he writing to them, he also trying to solve and to explain uh, some of the heresy in which that were within the church. Maybe also there were some teaching that denied the deity of Christ. 
So we see Paul in chapter 2 verse 9. He putting it this way and he says, For in Christ, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he was trying to show that, uh, that you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. So he was showing the divinity of Christ. That Christ is God, not only that he is human, but he is God. And at the same time, also, as you go deeper in chapter 1, we saw that the church, uh, the, there may be some heresies that were there, that they did not believe in the sufficiency of the work that Christ has performed. And that's why it is said that him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that they may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I labor striving according to his working, which in me works in me mightily so therefore they did not need to add to the gospel the gospel is complete what Christ has done is enough so as we look at this text today may through it we'll see some principles and some principles that will help us to be a church that is healthy a church that is strong a church that stand whole firm on the word of truth and a church that preach uh, the gospel. So there are three principles and qualities that we see that evolve from this text as we read through it. And first of all, we look at verse 2 in chapter 4. It says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it and with thanksgiving. So as we look at here in this first principle that evolves, it shows that the first quality of a, a healthy church or characteristic is a praying church. It's a church that prays and a church that spends quality time in prayer. Because prayer is the strength of the believer. Prayer is the strength by which we have fellowship with our Lord. Prayer is the source of our power against Satan and his angels. It is through prayer that we confess our sin and give God praise and glory. It is through prayer that we intercede from, for one another. And the Bible encourages us to pray from a pure heart. And our prayer is to be directed to God. And it teaches us that it has to be consistent in our mind and in the name of Christ and to the glory of the Father. But we see the way that Paul started this text. He said, continue in prayer. In the French version, it's like it says, persevere in prayer. In some other version, it said, devote yourself in prayer. And here he used a compound word. And the compound word encouraged us to be steadfast. It means to endure in our prayer life. It means to be persistent, to hold fast and not let go that believers are to pray at all time, that we are to pray without ceasing. When we look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, that Paul encouraged us to be devoted in prayer. And the goal of the church is to be a church that seeks the Lord at all time, a church that is dependent upon the Lord. Are you a praying church? Are you a church that are persistent in prayer? Many Christians today, we only pray when things go bad. We only pray when the situations uh, look very, very uh, endless. 
But as we look at here in the scripture, we look at the life of Abraham. Abraham, when they were about to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we see Abraham was praying uh, to God. He said in chapter 18, verse 22, when the men turned away and they went toward Sodom, but Abraham still, still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there, is, there were 50 righteous within the city, Lord. Would you also destroy them? And then the Lord said, If there is 50 righteous, I would not destroy Abraham was very intelligent, come to understand there's not 50 righteous men. Then he said, what about if there's 45, Lord? God said, if there's 45, I will not destroy him. Then he goes down, what about is there 40? Then he goes down, what about is there 30, Lord? Then he goes all the way down to 10. Then the Lord said, if there's 10, I would not destroy And now you're persistent in prayer. And a church that is healthy is a praying church, is a church that everything that it does is bathed in prayer. And all your life is a life of prayer. My father is a pastor, and I go in the Christian home. We have devotion morning, night. We spend quality time in prayer. And as we raised up, and my father will pray, and every child will pray, and my mother will end the prayer morning, night, and then if he starts to drive his car, before he drives, before he starts, he prays on the wheel, Lord, I'm going to go out. And one time I was sharing how he prays before he starts the car, and somebody said, because the road is so bad, he needs to pray <laughs> so that he can return back home. But he prays before he takes off, and as when he returns, he thanks God for taking him back home safely. And it means uh, he has a life of prayer, that everything he does is bathed in prayer. Every decision that he made is bathed in prayer, is based on prayer. Prayer is the primary power of the believer. And, uh, but today we see that the church pray less and less and less. So pray with boldness. And when I look at in church history, you read the story of Martin Luther, and how one of his helpers was very sick, and his name was Frederick Miconius. And Frederick, when he was healed, was on his deathbed, and they sent the news to Luther. And they said that Frederick going to die, but Luther was so far away that he could not come to visit Frederick. And then he started to pray. He said, God, I need Frederick for my ministry. Lord, I need him, and I pray that you make him live longer than I live, that I will die before him. And as you look at this in history, that really Luther died two months before Frederick died. He prayed earnestly, he prayed with prayer, but also pray and trust God to do and his will in his life. And we have a pastor in the city of Gonaive, and his name is Tex. Tex is a man of prayer. When text prays, God sometimes heal people. When text prays, sometimes God provide the means because he prayed in trusting God to according to his will. And so the wish doctors in that community did not like text because when he does a prayer meeting, many people 
come to his church and to his place in order to spend time in prayer. And so they make one day, 40 rich doctors put themselves together. They said, we need to end this man's life because everybody are leaving us, are leaving witchcraft, leaving voodooism to go to him. So therefore, they make an ambush. And one night, they, they send a note to him that... Uh, his, uh, one of his parishioners is very sick on top of the hill that he had to go there. So he went up to pray with the family. When he reached there, nobody was sick. And so he returned back, did not complain. But on his way back, he was worshiping, praying to God, giving God glory and, and worshiping the Lord. But there were 40 witch doctors that make an ambush. And as he was coming, they said they saw a light and so many lights, so bright, so shining, that they could not look at it. They were just run away from those lights. And then, uh, but Pastor Tex did not know. He did not know that they had an ambush for him. He went home, he prayed, and then the next day was service. He went to church. And as he goes to the church and he was preaching, and there was this man that stood up. And this man said, I'm one of the rich doctors. Last night was trying to end his life. And as I was trying to end his life, that uh, there was so much light, so much power, so it's an army that was with him. And we all, the witch doctor, we run away. So I'm just there today so that I want to have what he has. And then that day he prays for this man who has become a believer in his church today. So my friend, we have to be a church that prays. The first principles or quality or characteristic of a healthy church is a church that prays. A church that prays to thank God for salvation. A church that prays to thank God for security that he provides. A church that prays to thank God for his presence that will never leave us nor forsake us. A church that prays for his promises that are certain. A church that prays for his protection. A church that prays and knows that God will provide according to his will. And a church that prays to thank God for his faithfulness. Because the God that we serve is faithful. And we must pray and thank him and remain under his feet in a very consistent basis. But there's a second truth, a second principle that is revealed in the text. As we look at in verse 3 and verse 4, we see not only that a church that is healthy is a praying church, but we see the second thing that a church that is healthy is a church that evangelizes. It's an evangelistic church. It's a church that share the gospel in its entirety. It's a church that does not hide the truth of the gospel. It's a church that is seeking to make the message of the gospel known at any cost. It's a church where the believers are open, open because it is God that they know that has given them the life. So therefore, they don't want to keep this life for themselves, but they want to go out and share it with others. Paul said, meanwhile, praying also for us, that will, God will open to us a door for the word. Paul here is asking them to pray for him so that he find doors open to, to speak the word of God, to speak the mystery of Christ for which he was also in chain, that I will make it manifest as though us to speak. We see Paul ask the Christian church to pray that he would have an open door to speak the truth of the gospel. It, if it was for the sake of the gospel that Paul was in prison, but the prison bar did not stop him from continuing to preach the message of the gospel. Are you a church that preached the gospel? 
Are you a church that's seeking to preach the gospel at any cost? When we look at the life of Paul, especially in the book of Acts, we see that Paul evangelized anyone that comes to him. If you look at in the books of Acts, chapter 22, verse 1, we see the mob in Jerusalem. We see in Acts 24, when he was before Felix, the governor, we see Paul share his testimony, how he come to meet Christ and share the gospel. If you look at in the book of Romans, in, in Philippians chapter 1, we see with the soldiers, Paul share his testimony. If you see with the member of Caesar's household in Philippians 4, so everyone that comes before Paul, Paul preached the gospel. But especially in Acts 28, the last two verses, it said, Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who come to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. And that's why Paul cried in Romans 1, and he said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jews and also to the Greek. My friends, there is power in the gospel. Do you know the gospel? Because as you know the gospel, it will help you to remember that at once your intellect, your mind was corrupt. At once, your conscience, your emotions were corrupt. You were by nature children of wrath. You had for your father the devil. But God, in his mercy and in his grace, sent his son, born of a virgin, like a man, and suffered. God punished his son for our sake. In Isaiah 53, verse 3 to 6, it says, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid him and we our face from him. And he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he was born our grief and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed and smitten, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon his shoulder, and by his stripes we are healed. And we all like sheep have gone astray, but we have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Oh, my friend, he died. Yes, he was buried. But he rose again from the dead on the third day. But the power that raised him from the dead is the power that has sealed us and declared us righteous in his sight. It is not based on anything that we have done. So therefore, as a result, we have a new life. We have a new beginning. Now we can worship him. We can give him praise. And it says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. Now we have a new heart. We have developed a new relationship. We have a new start. The old has gone and the new has come. No matter who you are, you had a beginning with Christ. And he wants you as his church to share this with anyone that comes your way. We have a man named Rodrigue. 
Rodriguez comes from the city of Abrico, not too far from Bonbon, where we visited while you were in Haiti. But Rodrigue today is a member of one of our church in Lundy, in Lundy where Pastor Chip preached for us in October. Rodrigue was a very evil man. He was the top witch doctor from that community. People are afraid of Rodrigue, and people were afraid of Rodrigue. But one day Rodrigue come to know the Lord. Rodrigue is a type of man that even they put him in prison, they put him in jail. He can do certain rituals and things that he disappear from the jail completely. Rodrigue is the type of man that has people work for him as zombies. Rodrigue was very deep in rituals and very deep in photoism. His father was a witch doctor and he followed in his father's steps. Rodrigue is 60 plus years old now. But a couple of years ago, Wodrick has come to know the Lord. Wodrick has become a new creature. There's somebody that did something to Wodrick, and Wodrick said just the other day, Wow, I'm really a new man because in the past, for what you have done for me, you will become a zombie. But today, I'm praying for you. He become today one that is sharing this great message of salvation with everyone that come his way. Isn't God powerful? Isn't God great? So let us be a church that prays, but not only a church that prays, but also a church that is evangelistic, a church that preaches the gospel, a church that seeks every opportunity to reach the lost for our King. But thirdly, we see Another truth that is revealed in verse 5 and verse 6. And in verse 5 and verse 6, we see a healthy church. It's a church that walk in holiness. It's a church that remain in the truth. It's a church that is a purifying church. In verse 4 and 5, it says, 5, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, reading the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Therefore, it calls us to be a worshipful body, to walk in the Spirit, to walk in holiness, to walk in harmony, to walk in love, to walk in self-control. How would we know how to walk in such a way? The only way we know to walk that way is when we walk according to the word of God. It is a church that where the people spend quality time in his word so that they will know him and they will want to make him known. There is power in the word of God and there is power when one reads the word of God. And I would encourage you to be men and women that live the life that God calls you to live. But in order for you to live by the spirit, you also need to spend quality time in his word so that you will know him and the power of his resurrection. The scripture said, how can a young man keep his way pure? Is by living according to the word of God. The scripture said, thy word is a lamp into my path and a light for my feet. The word of God is powerful. It changes life. And in order for us to live the life he called us to live, 
we must spend quality time in his word. In Colossians 3, Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word of deeds, do it all of the, to the name of the Lord, giving thanks to the Father through him. My friends, we are the temple of the living God. And his spirit lives in us. But we must spend quality time in his word so that no uncorrupt word will come out of our mouth. So that the things that proceed of us will flow from him, will flow from a relationship that is nourished by him and by him alone. As we read in Ephesians 4, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil spirit be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you in Christ. It is impossible for us to live such a life without the paraclete without the Holy Spirit, and without us spending time in his word. And as we spend time in his word, we will look more like him. We will resemble him. And everything that will flow from us will come from him. There's a story about a woman who was a member of my father's church. And she was an elderly lady. And she always invited her son to come to church. But her son said, Mommy, you old, and you know Haiti is 70% illiteracy. You don't know how to read. You go to church, you come back home, and sometimes I ask you what the pastor preached. You don't even remember. So therefore, you're wasting your time, and I'm not going to go wasting my time. I'm not going to church. And her mother had a basket made with a certain type roof and and but the basket cannot hold water but it was very dirty dirty and it has a web of uh, spiders in it and she she had a running stream that was very close to her and to her house and she said to her son take this basket go to the water to the river and bring it to me full of water. And every time the boy will go and get water, he will bring very little amount of water. And he said, Mommy, you know this cannot carry water, so let me take a bucket. Mommy said, No, 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 I want you to get water from this. Go do it a couple times. So he did it two or three times. But every time he goes, the basket get cleaner and cleaner and at the end the mother said I go to church often I hear the word of God often and the more I hear it the more he cleans me and the more I want to please my savior is the more I know him and my friends a healthy church is a church that teaches the word of God and encourages people to immerse in the word of God 
because the word purifies his people and encourages people to do the things that his master wills. So my prayer for you today, may God help us to become a strong and a healthy church, a healthy body, a healthy body that prays consistently, a healthy body that have a vision to reach the loss around us at our workplace, in our community, in our home, and in the world, but also to be a church that lived the life that he called us to live, a life of humility, a life of holiness, and a life that is different from the world in which we are in, but a life that will resemble our master. May he help us to be such a church. Let us pray. Dieu Tout-Puissant, quand mon cœur considère tout l'univers créé par ton pouvoir, le ciel d'azur, les éclairs, le tonnerre, le clair matin pour les ombres du soir. De tout mon âge, S'élève un chant, Dieu Tout-Puissant, que tu es grand de tout mon Join with me, then sing my soul, my Savior God to me. God to be a strong and healthy body, a body that knows we are totally dependent upon you, 
a body that seeks you with a true heart. May we become men and women of prayer. May, Father, we become men and women that seeking opportunity to share this great message of salvation that can transform people's lives for eternity. But may also we be men and women of your word and so that we can live the life you call us to live in this dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. For members that have, uh, want to turn in a faith promise card, when the service is over, you can put, put it in the box that's in the table in front of me. And um, we're grateful for our partnership. We've been involved for many years now with El Shaddai. I'm going to ask Donnie to uh, pronounce the benediction. Let's receive the benediction. Let's stand. À celui qui nous aime, qui nous a délivrés de nos péchés par son sang, qui a fait de nous un royaume de sacrificateurs pour Dieu son Père, à lui seul soit la gloire et l'honneur, dès à présent et pour toujours. Amen.